ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo.
Was it a beautiful song? Was it a beautiful song? Then clap your hands once again. I see you also singing and ministering powerfully one day. You'll be singing powerfully just like me. Yes. Clap your hands once again. And uh, tonight, it's a lovely evening. And um, I'm happy to continue the series on backsliding. I'm, I'm sharing something very short with you. Just for you to, you know, knowledge gives you power. Amen. Knowledge always gives you power over any manner of evil, any manner of wickedness, any plan, any diabolical plan of the enemy to set you backward. When you have knowledge, you advance mightily. And uh, this subject of backsliding is a very, very important subject. You see, because it is actually incomprehensible incomprehensible to meet Jesus Christ and turn away from him to play with demons. It's it's unforgivable to experience God. You know? And in the first chapter of this book or second chapter of this book, the title is Backsliding. Bishop describes the 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 I can't find the word the, the 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 amazing nature of backsliding. Amazing, you know, that somebody will have clear drinking water and will abandon it and go to fetch. Dirty water from broken systems. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Another description is to become wild, like uncontrollable. And I'm going to come there soon. I don't know whether it's today. You know, you, you, you are like a wild ass, a wild ass on heat. You should see a dog on heat. He doesn't spare anybody, even, even his own mother, he doesn't spare him. And when you become so wild as a Christian, you, you open yourself up for major disasters. Major disasters. Because your, your security is in being under authority. But when backsliding sets in, you break free. Yes, you are wild. You wear what you want to wear. You go where you want to go. You do what you want to do. And no one who has met Christ should live this way. Because it's a beautiful thing to encounter Jesus Christ. There is... is, a very um, beautiful verse I read last week from Hebrews 6, verse 4. So, for it's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gifts 
and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of the Lord and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again to repentance. It's not easy. When you come to meet Jesus Christ, you are likened to somebody who has, who has met the, the, the highest life, heavenly gifts, partakers of the Holy Ghost. And some people are still able to turn away from this life and go back to the things they vomited to eat them up, to lick the vomit up. But there's a reason. And today I'm going to address it. Because when you backslide also, you are like a, a woman who dresses without ornaments and pearls. I mean, that is what a woman, we expect a woman when she's appearing, to have some ornaments, some earrings, you know, something. But when you are a woman and you dress like a boy, then there's a problem. And some of them are mental conditions. Yes. Yes. When a woman feels that she's a man inside, she has a, she has a mental illness. Yes. But there's a lobby which has removed all those things from the medical books. But some time ago, they were classified as mad people. Yes. When a girl says that she believes she's a man inside, you are looking at a mad woman, mad girl. But you won't find that today. But thank God you and I have the word of God to guide us, the word of God to lead us. Yes. And, and, so, and so cherish your ornaments. Yes. Your ornament is Jesus. He's, he's the only beauty in your life. I don't know. I don't know what else constitutes a source of beauty and comeliness in your life. Zacharias said, and he shall save his people, and they shall be like stones in his crown. The people God saves, they become like stones in the crown of God. Yes. So, so tonight, I, I still want to share a little more on the subject of backsliding. And I'm going straight ahead to talk about the psychology of backsliding. The psychology. Now, listen to me very carefully. You see, huh, go to the mental hospital and ask the people who are there. They didn't know when they slept or slipped slowly into madness. For you to leave God, for you to leave fresh water, and drink dirty gutter water, your mind must be working in a certain way. That's what I'm about to share tonight. For you to have a wedding dress, and on the day of your wedding, you decide to wear batik, shows that, you see, your mind must work in a certain way. That's why people who are very experienced 
they don't waste their time trying to change certain people. Because based on the condition you see, you notice that the person has been a long time coming. It's not an overnight decision. Very, very, very long time. <laughs> I read something on the internet recently that a pastor wrote about 11 years ago. In fact, when I saw it, I said, ah, wow. Then, then this person's mind, I mean, this is 11 years ago, and the person's mind has been off for a very long time. But I was about to have a proper shock when I looked at the page or whatever, the article or whatever it is, and I saw that he himself had posted his own article to tell the world that his mind hasn't been working like this since yesterday, only yesterday. No, it's been 11 years. Then I, I claimed the diagnosis. The mental illnesses have an innocuous. They, they, they creep on you surreptitiously. I want to invite you one day, if you can rent a bus, get in touch with my office and let's organize a trip to the mental hospital. There is not even one person in the mental hospital who feels he's sick. In fact, there is something called insights. When we say a mental patient has insights, it means the person is well. Yes. We look for that. It's like the person is able to say that or see that, no, my behavior is abnormal. No, no, no. It's rare. It's a major diagnostic criterion. We use it to say that this person, because for you to be mad, you should not know what you are saying. So you see somebody go to his room and he has gone to buy two by four wood, made a scaffolding and is holding the ceiling in his room. You may not believe it. You may think I'm joking. And when you ask himself, what is happening? He said, the FBI will be coming through the roof. And he will descend and show you an article in the newspapers. And as you look at him, you look at him in, in wonderment. You wonder, how, how did this person come here? Time will not allow me to, get, to take it back. Just organize a bus and we will decide when we will go. Yeah. When somebody encounters a certain life and walks away from that life, it means that another power has taken over his faculties. So like the church I am in now, I see Many, 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 many examples of people who yesteryears with strength and anointing and, and, and energy and uh, doggedness walked out of the church. Today they are back. Yeah, because there will always be a time life itself will force you to have insights. Receive insights. 
So today we are talking about how people's minds work. And your mind can work that way. It's not just my mind. I'm not here to preach about my, uh, myself alone. I'm preaching about you also. How does a person start backsliding? How does the person's mind work? A sister who is in the church suddenly has left the church, bleached herself, living all manner of life. I mean, just, just everywhere. Number one, this is how they think, the attitudes. Because it's in the heart. Proverbs 4.23 It says, keep thy heart with all diligence. It's always in the heart. For out of it are the issues of life. Say issues. Oh, I say say issues. Yeah. So, so, so when you come to a place in your life as a believer where you are careless about the state of your heart, what you don't know is that a thought in the heart can eventually become an attitude. Yes. What are the attitudes? How will you begin to think if the devil is to let you stop having your quiet time? If he is to let you stop praying? If he is to let you stop being a shepherd? If he is to let you stop living a holy life? How will the devil get your mind to work? I'm spelling it out so that you will know it. When it's happening to you, you will know. The first attitude they have is that I am not alone. Others are backsliding too. I'm not alone. And they will be able to point to others who are living that same life. Who are also backsliding. One of the things that you know, comforts people when they are doing something very bad or when they are having a bad experience is when they get to know that somebody else is also having that experience. Like if you write an exam and the results come and you get 18%. You know, you are sad, 22, 28%, 18%. Then when you go out of the room, you meet some of the top students and, and he had 17.5%. Oh, the other person has 16. <laughs> I mean, it's like you are comforted because others are with you. But ladies and gentlemen, the spiritual life is not like that. Hmm. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 5. Read it. Galatians 6, verse 5. For every man, every man shall bear his own burden. (laughs) Every man shall bear his own burden. Never look around you and think that because someone doesn't pray, it justifies your prayerlessness. The plan of God for your life is different from the plan of God for his life. Yes. 
The fact that somebody is doing something does not mean that it justifies what you are doing. And people who are in church and begin to take God lightly always begin with that life. They began to, first of all, they will be anointed. Have you not seen that you can live in a place? I mean, where I live, I, I think I must have lived there for either some six, seven years. Can you believe it that I don't know where Indian hemp is old? My area. I don't know where they sell weed. But somebody who moved there from Asaiman and came to live with her auntie just last Friday has already detected four places where weed is. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spirit that connects you to your like, like, like stupidity, like foolishness. And I'm saying that if you are being drawn to things that are evil, break away. If you notice that you don't pray, rather find people who pray and connect yourself to them. Don't, don't rather look for people who don't pray and say, I have found my brothers. If you are sleeping with somebody's husband and then you are confronted, you say, oh, but how about uh, uh, Beryl also? Veronica, who brought the Veronica bucket? She also has a certain man. He gave the bucket. <laughs> Look. You must never you must never Say to yourself that, and I thank God in my life, I've not walked that way. If I had walked that way, I wouldn't be in certain places I find myself. If I had followed the way certain people do their things, and I said, oh, this group I'm in, this is how everybody does it, so I will also be like that. No, no, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be. No, 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 no. And never. Because, see, you don't know what the other person who is doing what he is doing, what he has going for him. And you, there, your back is the one we are looking. There's nothing in your back. There's nothing supporting you. Yeah. So, so if you follow people and say, oh, this person is doing this, so I'm also going to do that. You're a fool. I'm sorry. I apologize. I withdraw. It's F-O-O-L. I shouldn't have mentioned it. Never, never, never. Never do things by looking to your right, looking to your left, and you find someone doing it. Someone doesn't, she, she doesn't come for weekday services. She doesn't come for weekday services. So if I don't come, I've got company. No. The word, again. One day, some guys went to a nightclub. I think they must have gone to Three nightclubs. You know, with girls, booze, fooling, like four or five guys. Paddies. Like we say, tight paddies. So, when they got to the last nightclub, they finished, they, they all, all of them said, 
they would use the car of the main guy. You know, every group has a leader. Yeah. Uh, every group has a leader. So they all went into the car of the leader. Are, are you listening to me? Oh, I should stop preaching. So they went, to, I mean, I don't know what arrangement, but they were going somewhere. So they all sat in the car of the leader. About four of them. They sat in the car, they closed the doors, put on their seat belts, and the, the guy, the leader, put his key in the ignition. And it turned. As soon as he turned the engine on, a preaching message began to play in the car. A preaching message was playing in the car. The guys were surprised. Hey, Oppo man, Chale, if you saw you there, so we are with the booze where they follow you, they soak mental tabel. You they soak Bishop Dad. Then the guy looked at them and he said this. He said, You for secure yourself. So as you are fooling with somebody, the person has secured himself. I said she has secured herself. You may be doing the same thing, but she has a mother praying for her. You or your aunties have turned against you. Every man shall bear his own burden. So, so this is just a cool evening. Don't look around. When you have a conviction that you must do something, eh? believe God and do it. It's my personal, personal advice I'll give you. Yes, follow the promptings of your heart if you are spiritual. Because there, there, is, there will be a time you will never get a good example from even the best examples around you. You won't find it anywhere. Rather, they are waiting for you to live their life so that they in turn will copy from you. Don't think you are doing something so everybody is doing it. Then the next thing they say, hmm, I have a lot of time. Christ is not really coming soon. And it's true. I mean, they said Christ is going to come 2,000 years ago. He's not come. Has Christ come? But turn your Bibles. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse number 2. Are you enjoying the evening service? He said, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Verse 3. Note it. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. That is, the day you are going to meet your master, it will descend on you like a woman who is pregnant, who doesn't know that labor has come. 
One day, I was in the labor ward. I was a student. And to finish that rotation, you have to deliver a certain number of babies. Either 23 and uh, six sets of twins or some numbers. So, so this evening, I was there at the labor ward. And when you go to the labor ward, it's like a war zone. I mean, there is no decorum. I said, there is no decorum. <laughs> Everything is everywhere. <laughs> people who are singing hymns, people who are insulting their husbands. I mean, all manner of behaviors. Anyway, we're used to it. But I remember this particular day. A dainty looking pregnant woman walked in with a sulk nighty. Oh, I feel something now. <laughs> she came with either a magazine, either Esquire or Vogue. Oh, yes. <laughs> And she walked in and was looking at the woman lying around. I don't want to use the English word because it's not nice. You know, you shouldn't see, you shouldn't even hear what goes on there. But she was looking at them with disdain. And looking at people shouting, screaming. Then she just sat on a chair and crossed her legs and was looking disdainfully with her Vogue magazine. And just looking at them. I don't know whether she had not been advised. Yeah. We were there. Ah. Students moving here, checking here, first stage, second stage, theater moving. Suddenly, Kadazuma yeah. Yandalada. We were in a room and we heard a scream. We thought somebody had died. When we got there, we were students. Our princess was on the floor with her legs apart shouting at the doctor to remove the baby now I said woman it's not like that you will suffer a while yeah that is how your encounter with your maker will be like suddenly he will appear so for the Lord shall suddenly appear in his temple. You don't have all the time. Ah, 2,000 years, Christ has not come. Christ has not come. Maybe he will come on Friday. Maybe he will come in 10 years' time. Maybe he will come in a thousand years. But does it really matter? Don't you think that if he is not coming, you can go and meet him? I'm preaching. Many who never saw Christ come went to meet him. It is more likely you will meet your maker. And so when you walk with God, you don't play games with him. 
You don't give yourself time. You don't say, oh, I've got, some of you should be shepherds. You are waiting to finish your exam. And you may fail that exam. And then you have to now do the ministry at Belcom. Even a place like Ideal School, uh, Ideal College. The, the motto is Ideal College. How can you fail? But you have failed there. <laughs> Never put anything you must do for God on hold while waiting for your engagement, waiting to deliver your baby, waiting to travel abroad, waiting for your promotion. Never. Today is a day. Now is the time. When I got myself the privilege of pastoring a church, I was a student. I was a medical student 27 years ago, final year. I could have said I must finish. I'd like to finish. Then I'll become a pastor. But if you want to finish, the next stage is even wilder than being a medical student. Then it gets wilder and wilder and wilder and it's more complex. You, look, if you can't do anything, if, if you must do something for God eh, and you can't do it today, you'll not be able to do it tomorrow. Yes, that's why the Bible says that today, now is the day. It said today, if you hear his voice, Harden not your hearts. Anything you must do for God, a seed you must sow, a work you must do, some support you must give your pastor, an outreach you must do, a center you must build, anything, a certain prayer life you must have. The time is when? Tomorrow. Uh, sorry, when? Next week. When? All the time? Say now. Say now. Yes. Number three, and another attitude is that there are shortcuts to everything, including going to heaven. Yeah, you, it, this is one of the most ridiculous sentences I've, I've read in this book so far. Ridiculous. There are shortcuts to everything. I mean, anybody who speaks like this must be severely mentally retarded. But I'll tell you that I have lived in the church long enough to see many a Christian having this mind. Yes. There are people who don't want to pay the real price. Listen to me very carefully. Your existence in the kingdom of God is directly related to the price you must pay. Yeah. There is nothing like a shortcut. There are people who want to be appointed pastors, but don't want to do the work. They don't want to do the work a pastor must do to be appointed. They don't want to write an exam. They want to use smiles. They want to use hugs. Some people want to just appear in meetings and speak good English. Then you appoint them. There are people who don't want to pay the price. That's why always their wicked ways will find them out. You can't come to Christ and add Jesus to your boyfriend. You will backslide. Yeah. Adding Jesus to your boyfriend is a shortcut 
It's a shortcut. The real journey is cutting the man off. Not shortcutting. Yes. The real price is to cut pornography off. Yes. You can't have flow meetings and finish and watch pornography as dessert. There are people like that who always want privileges and don't want to pay the price. I want to tell you, my dear brother, in the church, there will always be a call on you. You will be called upon to pay a price. That's what the Bible says, that those who endure to the end, they are those who will be saved. Not those who enjoy to the end. (laughs) Those who endure to the end. If you are here listening to me and you don't have any intention of paying a certain price, I can, I can, I can assure you that you will not finish strong. You will, you will, you will finish, you will finish your, your, your Christian life perhaps as an unbeliever. Those who endure, in the end, those who are saved are those who fought, who sweated, who shed blood, who fought battles. I said, who fought battles? He that shall endure to the end. I pray for you today that you will not allow evil spirits to pump such ideas into your head. That, oh, I'm not alone. There are people with me. Even my shepherd, the girl I want to sleep with, her, the next door neighbor is also my shepherd's girlfriend. If you want to be a crowd, we all met in the same, we took the same Uber. Somebody sinning will never justify the evil you are doing. Never settle for shortcuts. It will make you an evil person. And the last one I want to share with you today. They say, God loves me too much to punish me. Yes, and it's true. It is true. You should come to church and hear the testimonies people share on the stage. When you hear somebody that God has done such a thing for, it's not okay that God can punish this person. A breakthrough of a major promotion. A car. I mean, somebody was frying as it, as it an egg or a fish in her house. And I think she must have forgotten and just gone to town. She came back in the evening and just the frying pan was bent. And there was still gas in the cylinder. These are amazing. I mean, you must be special to God to enjoy such dimensions of breakthrough. You are standing at a place, there's no money in your pocket. Suddenly, somebody comes and asks you where you are going, gives you a lift. And as he's taking, he said, I feel the Lord is telling me I should just bless you with a hundred Ghana cities. I I don't know, but just have it. I mean, say testimony. I say testimony. There are certain things when God does them, eh, you will not believe that the same God, the same God 
will one day punish you. One day, a certain boy was a truant. He wasn't going to school. His parents have paid school fees. He wouldn't concentrate on going to school. So one day he said he was going to swim. He entered the water like a stream or a river. He was a good swimmer, but that day it wasn't, it wasn't good for him. The current took him. Remember, this guy was a truant. He was a very bad boy. He must have been stealing mangoes and sugarcane. He was about to drown. And suddenly, a man appeared along the bank. And the boy began to shout, Help! Help! The man was wearing a suit. He removed the suit. Removed everything. And just entered the river. He was able to save this boy. Clap your hands for Jesus. And brought the boy to the bank. I think the boy had drank a little of the water, so he did some maneuvers. Anyway, he, the boy was okay. The boy was so grateful to the man. But before the man left, he gave him his complimentary card. And who was the man? He was a judge. He told the boy, anything he needs, he should ask him. So the boy now was calling the man Uncle Chris. Uncle Chris. If he's going to school, Uncle Chris will give him some money. Sometimes he'll go and wash Uncle Chris's car. He was like a son to Uncle Chris. But as he was with Uncle Chris, he was still fooling. As he was enjoying the testimonies God was giving, she was still with that man. One day, this boy went with some guys to go and steal. To cut a long story short, they were arrested and thrown into prison. So they had to go to court. So one day, one morning came, they had to go to court. They got them ready, escorted them to the court. When the boy entered, who should he see? Uncle Chris. You know, I think court, the, the first day, I think they, they, they do some things. <laughs> so they did some things. And the guys were sent back. As soon as the guy went back to the, to the cell, he, he took all his things. The food he had, shared it. Shared it. Yeah, because he has met Uncle Chris. His clothes. He was having pity on the guys who were in the cells. The day of the sentencing came. And the guys, he waved. said, God bless you. 
whilst I'm outside, I will advocate for your release. So they were taken to court. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you can tell the story. When the sentence was read, he said, I now sentence Kwabna Osei Upoku Abna Yao to life imprisonment because they killed somebody. Why couldn't you believe it? It's me, oh. It's me. It's me. Uncle Chris, it's me. And Uncle Chris told him, I know it's you. But there are always two sides to every relationship. I said, God has also two sides. The God of miracles, the God of testimonies, the God of breakthroughs has another side. Is the God who is called the judge. The Latin is judex. God, the judge. You don't want to feel that part. So as you are enjoying the breakthroughs and the miracles and the mobile money and the breakouts and all the things, know that you don't want to fall on the other side. Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The God who loves you, who sent his son Jesus Christ, died, Christ to die for you, is not a fool. No, he's just merciful. But there is another side. I said, take the next coin. You see that it has two sides. The coat of arms on one side and cocoa on the other side. Yes. When you are looking at one, you won't see the other. I said, when you are looking at one side, you won't see the other side. Never take the magnanimity of God, the largesse of God, the mercies of God, the loving kindness of God. Don't take him to be a fool. Don't take him to be. He said, if I was a fool, even my foolishness is wiser than the wisdom of the wisest man. I came to you today to say to you that the clock is ticking. The time to be serious with God is now. The time to sow that seed is now. The time to build that center is now. The time to build that basenta is now. The time to deepen your prayer life is now. The time to do more for God is now. There is nothing. There's a song by the wine ants. They, they say, tomorrow? Ah, who promised you tomorrow? Who promised you tomorrow? There's no tomorrow. If we wake up and see tomorrow, it's a blessing. Nobody owes you tomorrow. Tonight, you are going to bow your knees and say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I have messed up. I have fooled around. I've not taken you seriously. But tonight, I'm refreshing my relationship. Would you stand to your feet now? Lift your two hands. Lift your two hands and pray. Pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. That your mind will work well. Pray that your mind will work well. Pray that your mind will work well. Mayangalabazatalababayande. 
Shema Dalababa, Yang Dalababa. My mind, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll finish my race. Yes, Lord. I'll fight the good fight. Yes. My young Keep praying. My young Dalababa, Sangalababa, Zito. Shamande, Father, we thank you. If you are here and you are not born again, I want to pray for you. Bow your head and say this prayer to me. Say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. I've done many bad things. I've done many bad things. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And wash me. And wash me. With the blood of Jesus. With the blood of Jesus. I declare that I am born again. I declare that I am born again. I declare that I'm a child of God. I declare that I'm a child of God. All things have passed away. All things have passed away. Everything is new. Everything is new. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray. I pray. Amen.